What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back for a very special episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. The episode we have been all waiting for, that is the SEC Championship Game Preview. And we have asked good friend of the show, Will Ogburn, to come back and talk to us about this game. Because, I mean, if we're being honest, he's the smartest, most rational LSU fan that I've ever met. Um <laughs> You know, I mean, that's... it's funny how many people describe me as that. And I think that's a lot of it. I think my people need to call a timeout and get it together because so many people have told me that. Yeah, no, I, I've i got a very, very good friend of mine that is a diehard LSU fan. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know if he's just talking shit or if he legitimately believes that LSU is going to win this game by 30 points. Oh, Jesus. The thing about this, this, this team is the worst thing that you could do for LSU fans. Worst thing that mentally you could give us because this is a team that shouldn't be good. It shouldn't win as many games as they have, and they've been in the fourth quarter with all these pretty good teams. We've seen, you know, Burns against A and M. Obviously, he got blown up by Tennessee, but you know, Alabama, Ole Miss, who at the time was a top seven team, and so you guys know Cajuns, you know, love talking crap, and this is a team that has somehow found a way to make us look good until last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh, you know we let I me mean, we can jump right into it um what happened oh, dude. <laughs> yeah no i i talked about it on on the last podcast for like the sds podcast and a&m just out physical us man it was you know matt house has been getting all these all this praise for um you know stopping these new ages new age offense you know talk about florida Alabama is a little bit more of a pro style. They're not really ground in town, though. They don't run the ball. Jameer Gibbs is good, but this isn't like a standard Alabama, you know, grind it out type of team. So the teams LSU has been really good against have been like east-west teams. A&M is just a north-south team. And honestly, Georgia is just the same way. And so that I said that on the podcast, I this I was, you know, I've always been kind of just like a, a, a troll. So I was like, oh, watch out for LSU. Seeing this one, I'm just like, uh oh! I called I called A and M on the last pod. Diet worst Georgia, <laughs> and it's like we just got destroyed by Diet worst Georgia because it's, you know it's got a big offensive line. You know what I'm saying you got a running back who goes north south very well, and he makes one cut. And our linebackers were just not trying to play football. Harold Perkins, I think, is a great player. He's mainly a pass rusher, and we saw that. And he's 18. You know, so I mean, what what can you really can you expect him to be Ray Lewis? No. Uh, but point being, like I think that game just perfectly exposed you know, the flaws that can happen with a young team like LSU. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Harold Perkins does not have enough murders under his belt to be Ray Lewis yet. <laughs> right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe after a murder or two, he can go play for the Cowboys. It'll be a good time. If they had left Hornsby in that Arkansas game, that could have been number one because he was he was under that dude's skin. Hey, I mean, speaking of Hornsby, he's entered the transfer portal, so – yeah, it's a it's a twenty four hour news cycle, man. I mean, there's been a crazy <laughs> amount. Uh, Altmeyer just said he was in the portal. Uh, yeah, McNamara from Michigan. So you know, it's recruiting and developing quarterbacks is whack now. You got to just get a, a product that you know. <laughs> Shout out, you guys got these LSU or these LSU Georgia games. You know, or these LSU Georgia backgrounds. Zach <laughs> Mittenberger. Shout out for him. He was a former Georgia guy. That was our first good quarterback. I really remember past like the championship years. And yeah, I mean, it's that's the move now. Is just get you a yeah. transfer. I mean, Bear Bryant's grandson's about to go to his third college. Oh, Jesus. Maybe he just and loves honestly, <laughs> honestly, if we're being if we're being completely honest here, and we're all Alabama haters, yes, he could go back and still be better than Jalen Milrow. 
Milro is interesting, man. I think Milro, whenever you get these guys off schedule, you know, I mean, we saw it with Barnett too. It's like Saban has this very specific plan for these guys. And when a guy gets hurt or when something happens, it's a little weird guy transfers. It's like these guys are, they're not ready to be taken out of the oven yet. Maybe give him another off season. We'll see. But if that, those couple of performances might cause him to go get one of these guys that's out there, you know? Luke Altmeyer beats Ole Miss next season at Bama. <laughs> That would be the most, like, saving thing ever. It's like, wow, Lane, you're the oldest coach forever. Perfect. Get used to this. Wow. Yeah. All right. So we kind of want to start this out a little bit different. And uh, so kind of give us a performance overview of the season, just a minute or two, like we have not watched a single LSU game. Okay, so it's been 60-minute uh, games. It's been a lot of games that come right down to the wire. Uh, if you want to enjoy your night with your family, don't put on the LSU games uh, because there's not really been one. I mean, it doesn't matter who we played, you know, be it Auburn, be it, like, anybody. Yeah, it's been, you know, I was at the first game of the season where LSU lost on that extra point, and that was one of the worst experiences I've ever had as a fan, and I'm a Saints fan. Uh, so <laughs> so no, like, how bad that was. I was in the Superdome, like, this is probably the most heart-wrenching it lost obviously to the Superdome, which was really impressive. That's how the year started. And then obviously Jeez. they kind of got it together, got it together. Um, but it really just is, like I said, uh, it's, it's this Brian Kelly offense that takes a really long time to develop in and to learn. And basically he realized that there wasn't anyone on the roster who could learn it in a timely amount of time. So he went and got the only quarterback who could run the offense without understanding the offense. And that's what Jaden Daniels has been and pretty much what he was until the Florida game. He was a guy that was a dynamic athlete. He made the right decisions some of the time. But when the Florida game happened, it was like, okay, you see the open wide receiver. The open wide receiver is better than the slightly crowded running lane. And that's where things started to click for him. Um, now, that being said, he he did get injured in the last game. And hopefully he wasn't a walking boot. So that that might just be – I already bought my tickets to the SC Championship game on Saturday. That might be, you know, a little bit of a, a, a tough scene if he doesn't play. Because the backup's not any good, as you guys guys saw we went into the portal um but point being i think that that's the big thing for lsu is that they're ahead of schedule so i keep telling people as a first year head coach that 39 scholarship players coming into the season uh, but those deficiencies are a little bit there and they, there's a lot of guys that coach o recruited um eric gilbert one of those guys that coach o used to fall in love with stars um, and a lot of those guys didn't make it all the way through the system. Either they didn't pan out, they transferred, they did something else. Um, but this is a team that doesn't have a lot of veteran leadership that doesn't come in the form of transfers. So it's a weird team. It's a team that, you know, when they all play together, it works really well. Um, but they've done that in spurts, mainly in the second half of games. The first half of games has just been kind of them figuring it out. Yeah. No, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, like Jaden Daniels, like a quarterback that didn't really need to take the time to learn Brian Kelly's offense. I mean, granted, he didn't really have the time to. Right. Um, but, yeah, I beginning of the season, I probably said he was the worst quarterback in the SEC. Oh, you said that multiple times. <laughs> I don't know about um, that, but, up, but then I'm also taking to, it back. <laughs> up to and including after the Arkansas game, actually. Oh, well, okay. So the Arkansas game was a little bit weird because the whole team had the flu. So, literally, yeah. like, he had his second interception of the season, and he threw it right to a chubby DT. It was like, how did you not see that guy? We learned <laughs> after the game that Harold Perkins had the flu. We learned later that week that he also was seeing, like, double. This is a guy that grew up in California, played at Arizona State. It was 20 degrees outside, and he had the flu. So, that Arkansas game was a little bit weird. The A&M game, I got no excuse for it. Yeah. Now, I apologize one week when he had a really good game for calling him the after worst. After the Bama game. 
Mm-hmm. He played really well against Bama. I mean, if <laughs> you got to look around the SEC and see some of the guys that are getting reps. Jaden, I still think, is about a top five guy in the SEC. And on a given Saturday, he can be as good as anybody, you know? Yeah. I mean, he is your leading rusher and passer, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All he needs to do is get, like, 800 yards, and he'd be the leading receiver, too. I was about <laughs> to say, if we would put him out in a pattern, he'd probably be our best receiver. <laughs> if you had a guy to get him the ball, that is. Right. Um, so, and this is something that I've tried to understand and I haven't been able to, this team wins games they shouldn't and then loses games they shouldn't. What, what, what is that? Uh, okay. So I was looking at this the other day. Basically, if you look at the actual like advanced stats, and I don't know if you guys have heard my thing on this. I do think advanced stats are like kind of useless in college football. Most of the time, like whenever someone starts trying to bury me, bury me in advanced stats, I know they don't really know what they're talking about. So I do say <laughs> use this with caution, but I think that like one thing that I saw was that LSU was like a top 10 team in every measurable aspect, except for field position. <laughs> Okay, so the games that LSU has been bad at, and that's a major key for Georgia as well. Georgia is one of the better field position teams historically. Yeah. I don't know about this season, but that is how Georgia has been so dominant. They've always had a great punter. They've always had a great kicker, and they have been able to you know, beat you by making you go the length of the field against that great defense. Well, LSU has had issues... You know, they had a, a graduate transfer punter who somehow was a fifth-year dude from Notre Dame who can't punt. I don't get it. But anyway, so <laughs> they kick the ball out of bounds on kickoffs about half of the time because they have this really complicated play they try to run every single time, and you have to put the ball, like, right inside the one to make it work. Don't know why they still do that. Kicker is probably as bad as we've seen at LSU, which LSU's special teams were right there with Georgia for, like, my whole life. They always yeah. had Cade York. They always had Colt David. They had somebody. But uh, And then putt return, obviously, is – how we lost the FSU game, how we got behind in the Tennessee game. So that's the big key is that if LSU muffs a punt, you know what I'm saying? This game probably is not going to go well for LSU. But to answer your question, that's how. Is that you're a team that plays with fire with field position. Against Arkansas, we gave them the ball five straight times on our side of the field and they got three points because Harold Perkins just decided to not let them score. But if you do that against Georgia, as we talked about, they're getting a minimum of like three tutties. <laughs> I just, man, I, it still blows my mind. Like, yeah, Florida State ended up significantly better than everybody thought, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this A&M game, it, and I don't want to keep going back to it. It just makes no sense. It seemed like they, this was a week zero scrimmage and Jaden Daniels had been on campus for like a week. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's it's once it started going that way, it was never really like I, I kind of – saw it it's like because it wasn't a bunch of lucky plays it was the fact you know Jaden fumbled on that one play where he might have gotten a little bit banged up there but and you could argue the game goes a little bit different but Connor was like I knew when that game was over now nah, that game was over when a chain was on pace for 200 yards in the first quarter you know what I'm saying yeah. like when when you can't stop the run like that we've never we haven't seen a running back really like that this year and so I think when I realized it was different from everything we had seen they had not changed the game plan it was like oh, yeah, this this team is still full of five stars. They still have Jimbo Fisher. They're going to be able to move the ball four yards at a time. And if we can't do that and we don't take care of the ball, it's going to be over with. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't last weekend was the Auburn A&M game, right? And A.J. was in a boot. Was he that was last? hurt. Yeah, he was missing yeah. practice and stuff. Yeah. And then just came out and just ran all over. Mm-hmm. A good – I mean, I would say LSU's defense is pretty good. 
No, yeah, like I said, if you're a – that's what we learned. Like, if you're a, a – the style of offense that is kind of typical, that is, is supposed to win you games, LSU's really good at stopping that style of offense. If you want to ground and pound LSU, they proved last weekend, they do not want to do that with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, damn it, I had a thought. Great radio. This is Sorry, me. guys, brain injuries. <laughs> it's so hard for me to not call you Emery because of your Facebook name. I've said this every time. But anyway, um, yeah, man, but let me ask you guys, you know, a couple questions, like, as an LSU fan, what do you think is the matchup you guys feel the best about? Like, if you're like, okay, let's say things start going wrong for Georgia, we can lean on this thing. I think um, it is for special teams. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, like, being able to flip the field, like you were saying, with, you know, Thornton, and then Pod Lesney's, I mean, I wouldn't say he's automatic, but he's pretty automatic when it comes to field goals. So definitely special teams. If that starts leaning in our way, I think it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. To me, it is Kenny McIntosh. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what he, supplements he's taken over the last few weeks, but he's literally played the best football of his life over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And Kendall Milton's healthy. And mm-hmm. we've seen it two or three weeks in a row where he's finally healthy. And you give Kendall Milton a decent hole to run through, and he'll have 11 LSU players behind him chasing him down the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was feeling a little bit more confident um, before last weekend. But the thing that's been interesting, like to talk about, like from your perspective or from my perspective as an LSU fan, is that the special teams coach, right? Like whenever Brian Kelly came to LSU, everybody was like, none of the coaches are following him. That means he's a bad guy. One coach followed him, and it was Brian Polian, Bill Polian's son, who is our special teams coach. And he's been horrible. I wish that dude did not follow him. Uh, so it's very funny because people are using that as, like, a reason why, like, well, you didn't keep his coaching staff together. It's like, brother, I hope – I wish they brought zero people. That's the dude they brought because the OC has been solid. Like, Denbrock is who he is. I think he's – you know, he was well enough to get to a college football playoff last year at Cincinnati, which cannot be overstated. And he beat Notre Dame, obviously, with Brian Kelly. And Matt House, I think, has been a star. And some of the guys they brought in at DB's coaches, like like – the, the position coach has been great, but this one guy that's like homies with Brian Kelly is just the worst guy on the <laughs> staff, and he's in charge of all of our recruiting, and he's really good at that. So, like, that's the other thing. It's like we can't get rid of him. <laughs> that's what happens when you bring friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, for one, am anti-friend. I don't think anyone should ever have friends. Just, and listen, friends are haters <laughs> in disguise. Stay woke, all right? <laughs> I, I mean, we saw what friendship did for Dan Mullen's career when he kept Grantham around. Exactly. Saban, homies with his coordinators. Look how that's getting him. Wow. Hey, you know, they say Bill O'Brien almost took the Georgia Tech job. Listen, Bill O'Brien. I'm so shocked that Bill O'Brien has not taken a job like that and just been like, oh my gosh, a promotion. Crazy how someone wanted me. Because it's not going well for him. No matter how it ends, it's not going well. No. So, question this isn't even on the outline. But recruiting, I saw today that, mm-hmm. like, Notre Dame is three or four, and LSU is, like, five for the 2023 class. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on that and then just LSU recruiting in general? 
Uh, yeah. So a couple of things. So LSU has had a couple of guys flipping, I think, and this is over like the last week or so, not really related to the game, but there were guys that it's like, this guy's from Baltimore, this guy's from California, guys that LSU historically had problems getting. So when Brian Kelly came in and got all these guys from all over, I was like, super cool, but I was never like, we need these guys. Um, but to the point, I mean, you got to think, you know, LSU is a program. People don't talk about this. LSU was under NCAA investigation. They had to fire their AD their university president, obviously Will Wade got shown the door. Coach O probably could have been fired for cause, but he just won a national title. So they did the handshake agreement. Didn't want to get that out in the public. So LSU was a really, like I said, was up. I said, he, he goes, which door do you want me to leave out of? <laughs> right, exactly. And so like people don't understand how much of a rebuild it was. And I always bring that up on the podcast, like compare LSU to Auburn or Florida or one of these other jobs. Don't compare them to Georgia because they're not they're not in year three or four of these cycles. And so when you talk about Notre Dame recruiting, I think Marcus Freeman is a great recruiter. But you got to realize that whole board was built by Brian Kelly and Bill Polian. Or Brian yeah. Polian, sorry. And Brian Polian now is building that board for us, the guys they brought in. So if you look at a year one recruiting cycle, I think that being fifth is awesome because you have nowhere to go but up when you talk about guys like um ricks that looks like he's on the lsu lean at this moment who really knows yeah. but tavino a couple of those guys where it's like oh you could really get these big fish in the boat and he started off man when you look at will campbell who was like a number the number two or three tackle he's been starting all year we're starting two freshman tackles at louisiana state university in a transfer quarterback so the it's insane, right? Because the guys that Coach O left here were not good. They were and, – and I'll tell you all something real quick. I don't want to talk about LSU this whole time, but this is one <laughs> of the funniest things ever, and I said this over and over again. 2020 LSU had the worst offensive line I've ever seen, and you guys remember these LSU offensive lines that were maulers that could hang with Bama and Georgia. Worst offensive line I've ever had. Our, like, hopium going into 2021 was that we were returning all five members of the offensive line. <laughs> and from the jump, I was like, these boys are trash. Why are we bringing them back? And so Brian <laughs> Kelly immediately got in and replaced like four starters on the line and moved the other guy over. And so to that point, it's like they're starting to build this up. And I uh, started to say Walker Howard's a five-star quarterback, QB of the future. Um, so point being like the, the, the Brian Kelly guys, Harold Perkins, another guy, those guys that he reeled in early are playing now because there was nothing there. Your comment about the offensive line, I think, I think it was Chris Phillips that told us this real early in the season. Mm -hmm. Uh he said, if you have a broke-down car and you go out the next day and try to start it, it's not going to start. Yeah. <laughs> Definition of insanity. Yep. So we've already kind of talked about this part. Um, so you know what? We can skip that question. We pretty much already covered it. Mm -hmm. Awesome radio. I'm good at this. You're killing it. We did great last I week. Hey, look, I got to get a little bit more liquored up and I'll be, I'll be good to go. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think this LSU team can do to exploit something on this Georgia team? Okay. Um, so I think that playing with freedom is the best thing that LSU has going for them. I think that you can look at that loss that just happened in two ways. You can say the pressure is off and that's disappointing or the pressure is off and they could be frisky. You know what I'm saying? I think that at the end of the day, LSU has not played well as the hunted. Talked about this on the podcast. When you have all these young guys, you have everything we talked about. It's one thing to beat Alabama and to sneak up on them and be like, okay. And that, you know, I understand that's a rivalry. I'm not downplaying that. But at the same time, it's like, 
you know, it's one thing to knock off these big teams like we have back to back to back. It's the other thing to be the big team that's trying to, you know, what Georgia's done since Kirby got there. It was just every week you get somebody's best game. And yeah. I think that that loss gets LSU farther away from the hunted to where it'd be a true upset. Because, you know, if you're number five and you beat number one, then you start talking about like, well, maybe LSU was just kind of better than Georgia. If you're like number 15 or whatever we're going to be next week and you have three losses and you just got blown up by AM. Very clearly, Georgia is in and LSU is out. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that the best thing that LSU has is confidence and belief in self. I think they they had too much of that last week. They didn't prepare well enough. But they have angry Brian Kelly for a week. And you guys know there are very few coaches. Kirby Smart's one of them, right? You talk about er, angry Kirby Smart, angry Nick Saban, angry Dabo Swinney. I think Brian Kelly is just a little bit below those guys. When you get him something to yell about, he's been too cool lately. He's been giving us little social media bites. He's been relatable. I don't like that. When I hired Brian Kelly, I was ready to be a victim. Or not a victim, a, uh, a villain. I mean, I was ready to be a villain. And now we can just get back to that and have, have all the practices be closed to the media, have this dude screaming at his players for a week, and hopefully it's going to light a fire because they surely didn't have it on Saturday. Yeah, and that's one thing that does scare me is this team literally has nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And somehow they're playing him, now uh... for a New Year's Six Bowl because if they lose, they're a four-loss team and they're behind, you know, probably yeah. uh, you know Alabama, Tennessee. You're starting to look over at South Carolina, like what the heck's going on over there? Like, <laughs> You want to hear Brian Kelly talks about, talk about executing his team again? Is that is that it? <laughs> Exactly. See, that's when they turned it around last year. People forget. Man, I will say that is one of my favorite football quotes of all time. Like, I understand people got upset about it, mm-hmm. but I got the joke right off the rip and thought it was hilarious. Well, that's the issue with Brian Kelly, right? Is he has, he previously, maybe he's changed this, doesn't have any swag. And so when John McKay said that in what the 70s or 80s, John McKay was like this smooth talking dude from LA. He was like, yeah. Uh, what do you think about your team's execution? I was in favor of it. And the whole room started laughing. Brian Kelly just butchered the heck out of that joke. And he was just like, oh, well, you know, they talk about uh, execution. I'm in favor of executing my whole team. And people were just like, what? <laughs> that, I, I, you know, I, I know I'm in the minority of this. I thought it was absolutely fucking hilarious. Like, no, I, I thought it was hilarious. Watching that game. I remember watching that game and Kelsey was not paying any attention whatsoever. And I rewound it and I was laughing so hard. I had to stop laughing to play it for her. Mm-hmm. Well, remember that game was against FSU. That was the yeah. game that Jordan Travis took over or actually flipped that Mackenzie Milton took over for Jordan Travis. It looked like he was going to be the heir apparent. And so yeah. it's funny that like Brian Kelly's history against FSU lately has just been very, Wow. <laughs> like that one team, it's like we gotta play them again next year. We could we just buy that one out real quick. I don't want to see this game again. It's gotten scary. But wait, LSU and FSU play again next year? Yeah, so they're in Orlando yeah. at uh Camping World Stadium. Hey Kelsey, we might be going to Orlando next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm they, going. They did, yeah. They did like a home and home neutral site, which I wish like Florida and Georgia would do, like playing Atlanta or like and then like playing like Tampa or Jacksonville again, like, I've said that before. Well, let me ask you guys on that tip real quick. I mean, you guys saw that quote got leaked from Sankey about the no divisions. I, that's my one thing I'll be a bloomer about. I love the divisions, especially now that I think they're yeah. finally perfectly balanced for the first time in our lives. It's like, yeah. can we just not keep this? But, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the issue, right, is about these neutral site games. I mean, how do you guys feel about potentially, like, losing some of those games? 
I like the idea of a pod system. Personally. Mm -hmm. Me too. I, I like, because I think if you put Georgia and Florida in the same pod with like two other teams, it doesn't really matter who. Mm -hmm. That rivalry is guaranteed. And mm -hmm. then if you have one other constant team from the other three pods, Georgia could maintain all of their big rivalries. And still, every like, three years, you would have play every team in the mm -hmm. conference. Yeah. So I, I think the lack of divisions is, if they choose that, is going to be very quickly regretted by a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean, the arguments against it for the SEC are never about the SEC, right? It's like, well, look at the Big Ten. And it's like, brother, I've been trying my life, my whole life to not be a Big Ten fan. Right? <laughs> Truly, let's laugh at the Big Ten together. You're right. Yeah. Because, I mean, what, hey. Purdue is in their championship game. Mm -hmm. All right. Hey, you know, I, I was a huge Michigan fan on Saturday. Oh, we all were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. What is your prediction for this game? So this if game you're willing go, to give one. Oh yeah, this game can go literally two ways. There is no LSU blowout scenario, right? There is no LSU like resounding victory. It's either it comes down to the wire and Brian Kelly does what he did with Saban, and um, I don't know if I need to be PG. We'll just say, no. you know, no. okay, whipped his nuts out the way he did at the end. Now in those situations, that's that's the best when you talk about what could be the edge for LSU. Those close game situations. But if Georgia gets up big early, don't think LSU has the ability to come back. So just depends on how – you'll see pretty quickly what type of a game it will be. I will question that, you know, LSU is a second-half team. But I believe – I mean, watching the Tech game, I feel like Georgia is probably the same way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I would probably – if I'm going to be a man of my word, if I were betting, if I were advising you, I would say we're looking at about like a 40-20 win for Georgia. Whew. I mean, this spread's what, 17 and a half? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that would be them covering. Now, mind you, that's, again, a special team's mistake. That's like, you know what I'm saying? That When it starts to get away, it gets away like that because they lost by about 20 to Tennessee, about 20 to A&M, and the one-point loss was kind of ridiculous. Those close games, that's where LSU is at home. They're like Bane. You, uh, you put Jalen Carter on one of those freshman tackles, and it's going to be a very long day. <sighs> Listen, I was saying that about Kentucky, but somehow y'all got one sack on Kentucky. This has been one of the most interesting people saying that. What's up? I, know, I was I was agreeing. Like our sacks this year, like teams have figured out to get rid of the ball early against this offensive line, mm -hmm. and that's what they've been doing. It's like our sacks have just plummeted this season. But Man, that's one thing Jaden Daniels will not do, buddy. <laughs> I was about to say, about to say, we've had a twelve-game sample size of Jaden Daniels not getting rid of the ball on yeah. time or early. Yeah, I mean that—that's the thing too, right? Like, like, like. So the takeaway, right, is like, oh, this Georgia team's lost so many people from last year. It's like, well, I would counter. It's like I love Georgia's team last year. You guys know I was on the bandwagon from the jump, and yeah. I had a lot of guys that I like. Um, two of which are now in the Eagles. I've been following them and everything. And interesting lads, very interesting lads. This year's Georgia team is infinitely more interesting to me because I knew exactly what last year's Georgia Georgia team was from the Clemson game. Where, like, once Stetson basically was, like, cemented as the starter, like, obviously JT played in that game, but, like, kind of the next game, it was like, okay, this is the best defense maybe I've ever seen. And the offense is, like, good, but, like, this defense is horrifying. Now it's like, huh. I need to learn – each game is like, how is Georgia going to get to a 20-point 
lately. Yeah. <laughs> because in some games, you know, they've been a little bit closer, but still it's like, it's not like, oh, they're going to have 10 sacks and your team is just going to want to like give up by halftime. It's like, nah, sometimes it's going to be like three Stetson bombs. Sometimes it's going to be Brock Bowers. Sometimes it's going to be these running backs that are new. You know what I'm saying? It's cool, man. Yes. Team have been interesting this year, <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, last year's team, I I would say that my health was much better through the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, it seems to be the third quarter. Every third quarter takes at least one to five years off. <laughs> yeah. It was the first quarter against Tech. But, no, it's Mm -hmm. it's typically the third quarter where, you know, by the end of the season, it may actually just go ahead and kill That's the thing about having a – have it a program I always joke about, right? It's great to learn those lessons and wins versus losses. You know what I'm saying? It's great to be like, ah, we really played like crap today. We still beat Mizzou. We still beat, you know, it's like, yeah, I've had that. The opposite of that last week. It's like, man, we learned a lot of hard lessons that I wish we could have learned a little bit easier. <laughs> So, if you were picking LSU's bowl opponent, who do you mm-hmm. think would be the most entertaining? Entertaining, honestly, would be okay. I have two, and I think both are pretty unlikely. I'll be honest. Uh, number one, I think, would be a rematch of last year, which would be Kansas State. Both teams have gotten significantly better. They're probably going to be second in the Big Twelve. I need to go look at that because I've been saying that. I don't actually know how that shook out, but I believe they're like good enough to where that would make sense. Uh, and then the second one. In the Big 12 championship game. Right, exactly. Boom. So they're probably, you know, win or lose, whatever, they'll still be Kansas State. Like, it's not like they're going to be, you know, much higher. But point being, like, they, yeah, because I think either way, they would still be below TCU because TCU is undefeated. But the other would be a different uh, uh, recent matchup that we get to see again, which would be UCF. I feel like if UCF wins the American and gets that large bid, if we see them in, like, the Sugar Bowl, that would be hilarious just because it's like it would be the opposite of what they had previously where they got to face Gus Malzahn now they have Gus Malzahn <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 56-52 game with UCF mm-hmm. Jeez. I, I would watch that I would definitely let me let me ask you guys a question real quick. I'm sorry if there's an outline. I'm notorious for destroying outlines. But so what do y'all think is behind, like, because we were joking about this on the last podcast, how Georgia, like you would think, would be dominant in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You know, the SEC Championship, a couple of these other games, what do you think, what do you guys think has been behind, like, the overall record in there? Do you think it's a coincidence? Do you think it's a mentality thing? Or is it something you guys gotten past? Like, what's the takeaway on that? It was big what is the what what is the record there? Kirby I, took over. They won three or four and lost three. Or four. I know. I think they're one and four in the championship game itself, right? Well, I mean, one of those we probably faced the greatest offense in the history of college football with LSU. Um, I think the Bama game they came in a little cocky. Yeah. Um, and really, I think that's really games, they've come in a little cocky. Yeah, I think honestly, I think that was like just that, like greatest offense that just overlooked the team that they played. So, I mean, if you go back to the history, Kirby's very first game was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He beat UNC. Oh yep. man, what a throwback! Yeah, that's fun. right. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, 2017 SEC championship won it. 2017 national championship lost it. Mm-hmm. 2018 SEC championship lost it. 2019 SEC championship lost it. 
2020, played in the Peach Bowl, won it. 2021, lost the SEC Championship. 2022, beat Oregon. So they're 4-4 four and four since Kirby took over in mm-hmm. Atlanta. And I think a lot of that, like, I mean, you had Nick Saban and the 2019 LSU team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most yeah. people, most teams are going to lose to pre-2022 Nick Saban mm-hmm. and uh, 2019 LSU. I think 2019 LSU's defense would lose to 2019 LSU's offense. <laughs> It's yeah, it's funny, man, because I mean, we had to have 2019 LSU to beat Nick Saban. I definitely feel that because even that year, I was like, oh, <laughs> that was a close game. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a way we could get Georgia's defense from last year against that 2019 LSU offense. Mm-hmm. That would be so fun. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> what time I got in trouble with my girlfriend? We were watching. This is gonna sound really weird. Just, just <laughs> there's this movie called uh, "What Dreams May Come" with Robin Williams. It's really good, and it talks about how he kind of goes into his dream world and he sees his wife, uh, who is like passed away, and he kind of can create this dream world of whatever it wants to be, and they can hang out together. And Brittany goes, "What would be like your dream world?" And I was like. I bet I'd have like the 09 Saints versus the 2017 Eagles. And she was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'd probably just be running sports sims all day. That was the wrong answer. Lie is what I learned. But I was just thinking to myself, like, if I had like a simulator, I'd just be sitting there all day. Exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah, let's see like 01 Miami versus like 2019 LSU. Right? Like 100%, I'd do the same thing. Just run sports simulations <laughs> all day. You want to solve cancer? Well, peace. No, 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 no. Here's the deal. We got to <laughs> see Matt Leinard versus Joe Burrow. I need to know. <laughs> Let's see the 2013 Georgia offense that has the highest points per game average of all time against the 2022 Georgia defense. Oh. Yeah, you got to start with your own team, right? And be like, hold on. I'm going <laughs> the best offense and the best defense of all time. Combine them. Anyway. <laughs> I could talk. I love this type of stuff where it's just like, because like different style. I'm like addicted to like, um, what's it called? Like, uh, like philosophy. So it's like these, these teams that are like, they win for this reason. And when these two teams, like you guys saw it last year with Michigan and Georgia, right? It's like these two teams have kind of similar philosophies. One's just way better. Um, and so it's funny when those guys are like pulling up with like the shirts and everything and the, the beats and the sunglasses. It's like, oh, y'all legit think you're going to push Georgia around because that's your mentality. It's like, didn't go great, but that's what they thought at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like, I, and this is something I, I, you know, I made that Instagram reel a while back. Mm-hmm. If you come into a game talking to everyone else like you're going to win the game, you're going to lose. Oh, yeah. And that's the same thing with Tennessee fans and Tennessee players and coaches going into the Georgia game. Like, there were Tennessee players talking shit, and there were Tennessee players talking shit in the fourth quarter when they were significantly down on the field. Mm-hmm. And it was Man. like, do you, do you not? You don't, you don't, uh, reading must not be a requirement to get into the University of Tennessee. We, you know what's funny, man? Sure? <laughs> I picked us. Well, at least to be a, a Tennessee, uh, we'd be nice. A, a, a you know a Tennessee uh, adjacent fan. Um, but anyway, so point being, like, yeah, it's funny, right? Because literally, as you're saying that, I think I picked LSU against Ole Miss, but I think they might just be frauds. 
every other game but Florida. Because again, if you are playing the Florida Gators, you can be confident. That's one thing I've learned. But if you take out all, every other game that I was like, every game that I thought we were going to win, we have lost. AM thought we were going to win, lost. Tennessee, that day I was like, we got Tennessee, did not have Tennessee. FSU, my sister was at that game. She went to FSU. I was like, I joined New Orleans. Buddy, did they enjoy New Orleans? So that's a really good point, actually. <laughs> They don't talk shit. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're relatively silent. They're composed, and then they go on the field and put your dick in the dirt. <laughs> Jesus, I, am I wrong? No, it's facts. I yeah. mean, I'll, Aiden I'll Hutchinson was a Heisman finalist last year and looked like a high school freshman against Georgia. Everybody Georgia did, did not have a great offensive line. Yeah, and I'll say like I, I brought this up in one of the last podcasts, but it's like since we since you guys brought up this team, I will talk about it once more. I think 2019 LSU kind of broke the rules because LSU from the beginning, from the Texas game, were throwing horns down. Joe Burrow was doing the bye, and like to your point, Tennessee exactly got that wrong because it's like y'all see 2019 LSU, and you're not seeing the hard work. You're not seeing all the stuff behind the scenes that made them great. You're only seeing the stuff that's on camera, where it's like I'm posing for a picture with the fans. I'm doing all the stuff. It's like you're doing all that stuff, but you're not doing the smash mouth defense part of it that actually got LSU to be undefeated. And you're right. And whenever teams start doing that, you immediately go, "Uh uh-oh, this is about to get bad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Just just to make sure any Tennessee fans that might still be listening turn this game off. Um, Same thing goes for their baseball team and (laughs) their basketball team uh, and their fans on social media because they all got real humble for a few days after the Georgia game. And then once again, after the South Carolina game. And then I'm sure now that they beat Vanderbilt, who uh, is one of the oddest teams I've ever watched play football, they're going to talk shit again. And then, you know, who knows? They might once again lose to Purdue in a bowl game. Well, I mean, it's already started about how they beat Vanderbilt by more points than Georgia did. I'm like, like, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's Vanderbilt. Come on. Listen, not everybody can beat Vanderbilt. It's a big <laughs> deal this year. All right. <laughs> We're looking at you, Florida, specifically. And Kentucky. Kentucky. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky. We'll we'll we we'll let Kentucky pass because they've at least been good the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't let Florida pass. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things, man, where it's like, you know, being neutral, and I try to be neutral, and that was one thing I had to really work on doing the podcast. It's like, I really you will don't root have to be neutral on our podcast. No, exactly. Like, yeah, and I really do root for fans to have happiness. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like, it would be nice if Tennessee beat Alabama. And then I see Tennessee beat Alabama, and what happens after? I'm like, I might be rooting for Alabama next time. That's wild, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. When, when Tennessee fans are so awful, they make you root for Alabama. Doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. And it always I'm gonna say play what? Ohio State in a bowl game and I would cheer for Ohio State. That's something I never thought I would say. Yeah. I yeah, I think like I'm gonna say one more mean thing about Tennessee and then I'll be done. I promise. I yeah, I've never seen the goodwill go away so quickly because I was like, this team's so fun, this team's so whatever, and it's like Okay, actually, never mind. And, like, not being mean, but you made the point about baseball, basketball. It's like, they literally, like, it's like the the meme with the guy, like, throwing up the peace sign on the way to the end zone and getting caught. It's like, that's every one of Tennessee's sports teams. It's just like, oh, no. Yep. 
it's actually one of my favorite things. Like I, for the rest of Tennessee sports, I hope they finish their regular season off of everything and then just get punched in the mouth and get bounced out of the playoffs in every sport. There. Oh, speaking of that, I've been meaning to ask you guys. So in terms of like, like I said, even if LSU beats you guys, you guys are in, you know what I'm saying? So you can obviously, you can literally start looking ahead. So is there a team that you guys see that you're just like, I mean, might be Michigan again, might be TCU, might be USC. What would be y'all's ideal path? Um, I would say TCU, Michigan, and USC is the team I don't want to play. And mm. I say that because – if you watched that game against Notre Dame the other night, mm-hmm. and I do not say this lightly whatsoever, Caleb Williams looked like 2019 Joe Burrow. The He's way so he good. was he was escaping tackles left and right. And I'm not saying all season, but specifically in that one game, mm-hmm. like he would make five dudes miss a sack and then throw a 30-yard dart. And it's like, okay, this is this this is not how that should work. And USC's defensive line while they are undersized, they play a very similar style of defensive line play as Missouri does. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of post-snap movement where they come off the ball and the guy that's at defensive end is going to be on your center in about a quarter of a second. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that I do not want to see. Yeah. No, I mean, my my prediction of what's going to happen is TCU in the semifinals and then Michigan in the championship. That feels like two in a row, I feel. I would rather see TCU than just about anybody who's probably going to be in the sims. Yeah, because I think – defense looks good against teams that aren't good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of like – and it's, of course, I sound ridiculous. That, that, the one thing about the LSU Tigers, so they will just make you look stupid no matter what your opinion is. And I was sitting there <laughs> dumping on um, – TCU because I was like, yeah, they haven't beat anybody. They haven't beaten like bad teams consistently. They don't have recruiting. Their coach is like kind of like a new guy that hasn't done all this. And it's like, yeah, I think that there's a big difference this year between TCU and whoever else would beat. It's not that they don't that they don't belong there. Like they don't they deserve a, an invitation, but it's going to go very similarly to the games that we've seen before. We're talking about you know Alabama, Michigan State, talking about uh, even Alabama, Cincinnati. It was a little bit closer than some people thought, but as you guys saw, they were probably looking ahead to Georgia, and it's like yeah, yeah like that, that. There's always kind of one team that you're like, and and I do think for Georgia, Ohio State losing was massive because that's the one oh, yeah. team that it's like their receivers might just be unstoppable for a day, and you might just be cooked, you know. Yeah. I will say about TCU is that. They beat, I think it's six teams that were ranked at the time that they played. And mm-hmm. the reason that they were unranked is because TCU beat them. Mm-hmm. Oh. As we saw, Kansas State went from ranked to unranked back into the top 15 because they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Texas went from ranked to unranked back to ranked because they're, I mean, they're not a good team, but they're not a bad team. And I, I've been high on TCU since like week three or four after watching them play because they have faced the adversity that most other teams at the top have not. Mm -hmm. They've trailed in, they have trailed in seven of their 12 wins. Mm -hmm. Because they haven't played Texas A&M. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as long as Damani Richardson doesn't score a touchdown, Texas A&M is going to lose. They're yeah, they're undefeated in those games and winless in the other way. <laughs> it's 100% a fact. 
And also they're undefeated in games that Joe Tessitore is called. Fun you fact. Know, you got you to gotta string things together. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's crazy. In like a week or two, I went from like, dang, this would be a year to see more teams. Like I wish we could have six or 12 this year to like, dang, there are like three good teams. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we're actually about to get into some game picks. So I'll, we'll go ahead and jump into that because my mm-hmm. next comment was going to be about the first game we're talking about. Cool. Um, Utah versus USC and Utah is the only team to have beaten USC this season. Um, USC came into this as a three point favorite. comes into this as a three point favorite over under is at 67 and the spread and over under is just for knowledge and not necessarily for you to pick it. So you can pick straight up against the spread over under you just kind of take it how you want to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you want to pick for me like right now? Yeah. Oh, my bad. You know, it's funny. This is, you're going to like this. So I was clicking on our podcast notes for tomorrow, thinking that Connor's pages of notes could save me because we were talking about a lot of these games. And I clicked on it. They were like the same ones from last week that LSU picked to win. And I was like, uh-oh. So give me, give me that one, one more time. I'm sorry. Um, Utah versus USC. USC is a three-point favorite over under 67. And keep in mind, Utah is the only team to have beaten USC this season. Yes, and so that game was really close. Come came down to a two point conversion. I think the USC is on a different level. I, I'm really with you, man. And 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 I, I want to say this really quick. I I wish like the last time Lincoln Riley played Kirby Smart is one of the best football games I've ever seen in my life. And obviously Georgia nice. came on top, came out on top there. They should just have a standing rivalry between those two coaches because <laughs> I think USC is now. I still think their defense is like not great, but their offense is like on another level. I think they'll beat Utah the second time. Yeah, it's actually the um. The Lincoln Riley cycle is one of the things we talked about lately. Um, mm-hmm. Be a one loss team that gets to the playoffs. Lose, last game blown out in your playoff game. Mm-hmm. They talk about ESPN hypes up. Talking your defense is going to be better. USC turns it. It's just it's the yep. door of uh, Lincoln Riley supposedly having a better defense and they get blown out in the playoffs. Those boys try to sell me on somebody named Alex Grinch. I will never forget them on that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so going over to the Big 12, Kansas State versus TCU, who is a two-and-a-half point favorite over under 62. Yeah, so, God, I'm rooting for TCU. Like I said, I think and, – and, guys, remember, a TCU win, a USC win gets you gets you what? Alabama, no shot at the playoffs. So we are riding TCU until the wheels fall off. <laughs> and Ohio State we out do of not, the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it keeps Alabama and Ohio State out. So I'm riding with everybody there. <laughs> we, we are big horny lizard appreciators on the show. Dude, have yeah. you guys seen their social media? It's so good. For really? a Christian college, they have oh, a wild dude. social media account student section. It's like, you know, some Zoomer who's like 18 or 19 does it because they're like these really trippy, like, like smash cut, like, shoo, horny toad, horny toad, horny toad. It's crazy. Bro. <laughs> yeah, they're big Futurama fans over there. Yep. <laughs> All right. Kansas State TCU. What, what are your, what's your thoughts on this one? Oh, you're talking to me? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going TCU. I think they're I think they've already obviously beaten Kansas State again. I think they're a cut above. I know they 
you know, have been close um, in all of these games, but I think that makes them battle-tested. I love Kansas State. I've loved them all year. Like I said, they beat LSU in a bowl game last year, and I kind of, you know, seeing Colin Klein on the sideline makes me feel sad. Like, it's like there's a pit in my stomach because I remember him vividly playing college football, but he's really good at his job. It's kind of like Kellen Moore with the Cowboys, right? It's like, I really am glad that you found this because I want to keep watching you. Um, So, yeah, I, I will <laughs> give them credit, but I think it's going to be TCU. All right, next one is yeah i mean that one feels pretty open and shut i would almost put the mortgage on on michigan i hate to be that guy because how funny would that be if they lost and they're just like looking at ohio state like i guess we gotta be it over you guys but like yeah i think and you never want to count out purdue and actually michigan number no we won't know until tomorrow but remember if you're number two Purdue is your worst nightmare. They've blown up the number two team like four or five times. Like Ohio State, it's been like uh, Iowa one time. Like they will find a way. So that that that's the worst place. If you're Michigan, you want to just put out a bunch of rumors where you could drop down to three. But still, I'm taking Michigan. <laughs> yeah, Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy both tore their ACL on Monday, so the committee doesn't break the number. Right. Yeah. Just put out <laughs> fake news. Just be like, hey, Harbaugh's leaving. He's not coaching the game. <laughs> And then show up on Saturday. LOL, JK. JK. Yeah. JK, I'm back. They have shirts that say LOL, JK instead of run the damn ball. Jeez. That's why they couldn't put me in a position of power in college football. I'd be obnoxious. Oh, no. People would hate me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my sense of humor is too dry. I'm an asshole. I troll too much. I couldn't do it. Absolutely. Here's what you would do. Here's what you would do. You would have like a patch on the jerseys. That would sit for like get after something, and people would just ask about it. You just be like, yeah, you know, it's something that's really important to me. It's a cause I've been thinking about my whole life. And then you, you know, get to the SC championship game, like you know, this says get after, right? Like you guys see it. It would be like FBMF, and I would say for the mothers and fathers, but it really fuck those motherfuckers. Exactly. That would be what it is. Uh, so we got UNC versus Clemson, and this line has actually come down since Saturday night. It's now seven and a half with the over under So this is a game that I've had circled for a minute, and it's funny because at the time it was like, you know, Clemson playoff possibility to stay alive, Drake May, Heisman possibility, you know, keep you right there. Both of those things have kind of gone by the wayside, I feel. I mean, definitely, honestly, for, for Clemson and some weird stuff would have to happen for Drake May to still. I think he'll probably still get invited, but this is the most wide open Heisman I think I've ever seen in my life. Almost maybe like even the guy, like even the Alabama one, where it's like, yeah, like Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Dante. So like we know these guys. These are like we're learning about Max Duggan. We're learning about all these new guys. So yeah, point being, like I I had this circled and. The thing that made me worried about this from the jump was Clemson's talent level. Uh, UNC has really struggled um, with teams. Like, they struggled against Miami. They've now obviously struggled with Georgia Tech. But you guys saw a fine team for a half, but not, you know, <laughs> not, not a great team. So Either first, um, sec- first half or second half, but they exactly, cannot do both. Exactly. If we just get you a first half Georgia Tech and a second half LSU, you got something there. But sadly, <laughs> the other half exists. But point being, yeah, I, I'm coming off of that a little bit, though. I think this will be a very close game. I think this will be down to the wire. I'm still going to pick Clemson despite what happened to them last week. But I think that, honestly, well, you know, I can be I can be uh, I can I can make this joke now. Uh, their defense has been kind of sus at UNC. And while Uyunglele has not been good, you know, 
App State ran on them. They've really had some issues. And so while I think that obviously Drake May is better than Uyungole, I think that when you start to talk about the trenches and guys that can really start to shut that offense down, um, uh, what's his name? Phil Longo, if you guys remember him. He was at Ole Miss for a minute. He's like an air raid guy. He's like really underrated. He's their OC. And so whenever you start to see uh, – we saw it with Hypel versus Georgia, right, where you have these corners that can man you up. So I, I think Clemson's going to pull it out, but I think May will do just enough, um, kind of like he almost did uh, last week. But last. Yeah, that was, that was a great game against NC State last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, they, he threw two of, like, the sickest touchdowns I've ever seen. And yeah. it was like, oh, okay, cool. So we're just going to lose on this really horrible kick. Awesome. Love that for us. That's why you don't get an overtime with a team that should be worse than you. Because at that point, they just get superpowers. They're like, we're here. We don't even belong here. Let's go. Yes, that that is a factual statement. And as someone who is at the 2019 Georgia-South Carolina game can confirm. Yes. All right. Last game we're talking about. LSU versus Georgia, and this line has actually moved two and a half points in Georgia's favor since Saturday. It's now 17 and a half with the over-under at 51. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we know we've been talking about it all day. I think that if I was a betting man, I would probably take Georgia and potentially the cover. However, I'm a Cajun man, not a smart man. And so <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, still got a little bit of hope for the boys. Still think, like I said, if we get into a close one, it could be really fun. But I think we're all rooting for at least not a blowout. Now, I know that would help Georgia, but Georgia's already number one. But this is one of those, you know what I'm saying, that, like I said, you know, I, I think that beating this LSU team, if they play it close and if they prove that they belong there versus Georgia blowing them out, I think it helps both teams. You know what I'm saying? I think it's a situation where it's not, oh, you know, Kirby's only beaten Auburn and LSU and, like, this weird LSU team. It's like, if LSU comes out and shows why they got to number five, I think that could actually help Georgia versus just kind of like, ah, oh, this team's actually trash. Never mind. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to get into some guest questions, and I changed these from the last time you were on the show, as it is the end of the calendar here. Okay. Uh, so the first question, is Thanksgiving underrated? I love Thanksgiving, man. I really do. We go out to uh, Purcell Farms. That's a, a place that you would love. Um, John, it's, you know, they have this 18 18- stand uh clay pigeon course so you can go take your take your shotgun get some target practice in there's a golf course i don't want to like do a whole promo for them but me and my mom have a tradition we go out there because she got tired of cooking for all of her family because she's such a great cook so we hang out we brought Brittany down there this year it was super duper fun so i love thanksgiving what is the best or worst christmas gift you've ever gotten oh man best or worst christmas gift that is tough man um i have I nba best jam or worst so you didn't have to throw any no, you're good. Yeah, I have NBA Jam right there that one of my buddies got me. That was super cool. Um, I think that, like, I've been you know, really <laughs> – last year for Christmas, I actually got an AR-15. Uh, so nice. it was pretty Love fun. That. So I think I'll just go with my two best. That was actually the same year. So it's a very productive Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that – I mean, I, I that's probably going to stay undefeated for the rest of your life unless you, like, get married or have children. Yes. I went from just pure, like, lefty to, like, gun rights activist in, like, three minutes on this podcast. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> they like, hold on, you just shotguns, and it? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> We're here for it. You yeah. can be a lefty and still love guns. It's okay. But freedom. Anyway. <laughs> freedom. Are you a New Year's party person, or do you think it's a stupid um man i'm a big time goal setter like this is gonna sound whack but like 
I'm a person who like, I, it's nice to have little milestones and stuff, but for me, I get, maybe I just have heard too many like coach speak quotes where I'm just like, you got to be living your best day every day. So you don't need a new year. So like I, I, when people, this is, this might be a hater move, but like when people are super into new years, those are the people that very rarely follow that stuff up. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just like, Hey, every day is new year's. You know what I'm saying? We got to figure this out. So I like the partying and drinking and reminiscing aspect of it, but I think, uh, I think resolutions are overrated. Yeah, no, I agree about resolutions. I haven't set one in a very long time because I never thought Right. So what is the best thing to come last year? And that could be football, personal, just kind of open question. Um, you're talking from twenty twenty two? Yes. Okay. So yeah, um this has been a really, really like cool year for me. I feel like I had a career best twenty nineteen for a lot of reasons you guys could guess. I, I got to you know, me and Brittany moved in together. It was a really great time. Bought my first house in 2019. It was awesome. And then it was just two years of like, just nothing. Cause living in Atlanta, it was like, I kind of was a little bit stuck in my, not stuck, but I was just in the same place in my job. And it was like, what am I doing? Like, it was just two years of that. And this year has been awesome. I was just talking about that Thanksgiving. Got to finally go to concerts again. Got to go. I, I missed I missed seeing LSU for two years for the first time in my life. I was like born right next to Tiger Stadium. I was there from the time I was four to the time, you know, COVID hit. And so I got to go back to sporting events, got to go back to concerts with the, we, when we were young, went to a concert with you, dude. It's been a great year. All right. So opposite of that, what is the worst thing to come from the last year? Oh, and man. Is it election commercials? Oh, man. That, yeah, that's up there, man. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the discourse, TM, I feel like has been a little bit bad over the last year. I think that people, you know, we're just, uh, and maybe this is coming to a little bit of a hold, but I think things are just a little bit more divided. So, um, I, yeah, I think election commercials are right there. I think you guys live in Georgia. I don't know how many people have been calling. I literally got off the phone with somebody asking me about early voting like an hour ago. So I feel that. Jeez, good thing I don't have to deal with that. I get the commercials, but I don't get the calls. Oh, I keep thinking no, I up s- north, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I stopped getting any calls or texts from any political party one year when I answered the phone, um, and I don't remember what I said, but it was somebody campaigning for Bernie Sanders. Oh, no. um, and if you know anything about me personally, you know that that is quite literally the polar opposite of anything I believe in. Right. Um, so yeah, I it was like a five minute conversation about why they. No. It was just John saying over and over again, well, how are you going to pay for that? <laughs> okay. So that was the last question we got. Um, mm-hmm. We appreciate you coming on. I know you got some, uh, what is it, World of Warcraft? Yeah, man. <laughs> got that new Dragonflight expansion. I finally got on the boat. Hopefully I'll see that Brittany has got on the boat as well. We've made it past Ellis Island in, in World of Warcraft. But I always love coming on with you guys, man. You guys do a great job. Yeah, it was fun. Hopefully, hopefully that boat gets there soon. Yes, hopefully those pictures stay from the Obama administration and behind y'all. We only need any new pictures of LSU losing to Georgia, all right? We need to keep those pixels very big, okay? Because I I thought about doing the Joe Burrow one, then I thought you guys would just be like, Joe Burrow's not here, and I'd be like, I know. Anyway. This is from 05. That's the Bush administration. Yeah, that's the one that I thought, yeah, I recognize that one. Those are some dudes I know. You see that girl behind you? John, that's like hands on hips. I just want to not be that person. <laughs> that's my goal is to just not be on the sidelines. If I told my buddy, too short for the FSU game, 
my buddy was like, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to pass out. My buddy that was like in the army. And I literally ripped his arms down because he was doing the surrender cobra. I was like, whatever you do, we're not getting on ESPN. I was like hanging <laughs> off of him. He's like this big burly dude with a giant arm. I was like, no, no, get no surrender cobra. <laughs> not in week one. How, regardless of how this game goes, I expect uh, Brock Bowers to have a very similar picture of this. Brock's in or style, lad. Man. Or lad. Lad. Yeah, I, that's the, really the thing is, you know, with a well, real thing, it would be the real thing would be I don't want to like open this can of worms, but the real thing would be Eric Gilbert Undertaker gif where he just comes out. And we hear like oh. the theme song and it's just like, oh, no, <laughs> Selfie's back. Hey, Selfie. <laughs> if this game is a blowout and they don't put Eric Gilbert in a wildcat on the goal line to get a touchdown against LSU, I will be disappointed. Oh, man. That would be, yeah, I would be at the exit. But when I saw Eric Gilbert checking into the huddle, I'd be like, all right, boys, down to go. <laughs> no, no, you would because you would want to see it. <laughs> That's actually a good point. I want to be a hater. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where did you go? Yeah, I was about to say I lost him. <laughs> he literally just disappeared. Well, yeah, man. It was super fun coming on with you guys. Yeah. Hit me up if we want to talk some playoff stuff later on. But, uh, yeah, you guys have a great night, man. For sure. But, yeah, um, yeah, you have a good one. See you. All right, later. And we want to once again thank Will for uh, for joining us this week. And I need to apologize to you guys and Will because my computer had a seizure uh, right <laughs> at the end of that interview. Literally right at the end, just said, I don't want to work anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, I was in the middle of a sentence. I'm sure you guys have heard it by now. But, yeah, no, I was, like, legitimately in the middle of a sentence. My camera shut off. My mic stopped working. It was <laughs> interesting, to say the least. That's a good way to end the interview. Yeah, because, I mean, us and Will, we would have talked for another 15, 20 minutes about random shit. <laughs> but, guys, it is our time to talk about the SEC championship game. And as we all know, this is a this is what the fifth time in six years that Georgia is going to be in the SEC championship game. No. 17, 18, 19, it's 21, sixth, 22. Fifth time sixth, in six years. I thought it was the sixth time in seven years. 17, 18, 19, 21, 22. Fifth time in six years. Oh, I guess so. We're not good at oh. math, guys. We didn't graduate college. I don't math. But it's revenge week, baby. This will be the third time since 2018 that Georgia has played Louisiana State University. And uh, if you guys are recent football fans, you don't know that Georgia effectively got their ass beat in 2018 and 2019. Um, and to I me, entirely. Me. Go ahead. I remember growing up, like, that just being a regular thing, Georgia getting their ass beat by LSU. <sighs> Yeah, no, it's – and LSU-Georgia is actually the second most common SEC championship opponents since they started playing the game in the early 90s. 
Um, the first is Alabama and Florida, and I think they've played like 12 times against each other. Yeah. But LSU, Georgia is just behind them there. Um, and, the I mean, the series history has not been pretty for the dogs here lately. It is not. I mean, we all know. I, and to be completely fair, I don't know who – I. there are some NFL teams that wouldn't beat 2019 LSU. No. But like I said with Will, how fun would it have been to see that 2019 team and that 2020 defense? 2020 Last year's defense, damn it. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> Once again, we're not math people, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I think that'd be a lot of fun, especially because in all reality, LSU's offensive line was not that great. And if we know anything about 2021 Georgia. That front seven was nasty. Yeah. It was, I mean, what, almost every player from that front seven is in the NFL right now? Yeah. One even went number one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Four four first-rounders from the front seven says something. But we are talking about the 2022 Georgia Bulldogs playing the LSU Tigers, who are question mark team in the country. Because losing to a seven-loss A&M team doesn't really uh, look good on your resume. It doesn't. But who would have thought coming into this season this would be the matchup we'd see in Atlanta? We didn't. didn't When we had that episode with Connor, it was – Meet you and Connor, and he said that it was going to be Tennessee and Alabama. He did. We said Georgia, Alabama. Dude, all of our championship predictions were completely wrong. Yeah. Uh huh. We we did get Utah. Yes, we did. Um, you didn't have first year head coach Sonny Dykes as the Big Twelve champion. I did not. Oh, yeah, I didn't either. I'm pretty sure the teams that I picked have both have like four or five losses. Let's see. Let's go back. Hopefully you can pull it up. Yeah, I got it. Because that was a while ago. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's um, it's championship week. We've talked about it already. We've got Georgia, LSU, hopefully trying to get this revenge matchup and – well, Wes, you look like you got some some embarrassing news. I have our final four predictions from early in from preseason. Okay, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Utah. That was both okay. of ours. That was both of our final four. <laughs> well, um. I want to take this opportunity to formally formally apologize to Desmond Howard because we both had the same percentage correct. But we didn't pick Texas A&M winning the national championship. No, we did not. Nope. But uh, we are also 25% correct. We, we have two teams correct on our predictions for the – like conference championships, two teams out of all Georgia the and Utah. Georgia and Utah. Let's go, Utes. 
<laughs> oh, um, needless to say, it's been a rough year for everyone's predictions. Uh, I, at us, at Chris Doring, at uh, Desmond Howard. <laughs> and if we're being entirely honest, at Kirk Herbstreet for saying that Vanderbilt was going to beat Tennessee this past week. I mean, he called the final, outright upset. My final four prediction, though, is looking pretty solid here, though, lately. Okay. Are you talking about this week's or my final one? Yeah. Looking pretty had... solid. Look, the one that I put up was a meme, and people took the bait. <laughs> for those of you that don't follow our Instagram, my final four prediction was Georgia. Georgia's second string, Kent State, Georgia's third string, Mizzou, and then Tennessee was the final six. Yeah. Um, it was meant to trigger Tennessee fans, and boy, did it work. <laughs> Back to the SEC championship game. We have gotten way off track here. Always. Always. There are no tracks. All right, so you said you got some notes. I got some notes. All right, you ready? I never do deep notes. Yeah. I never do deep dive in the games. Never. Yeah, run so, through this shit. Let's go. So, Jaden Daniels, all right, you ready? How many passing yards do you think he's averaging in a game? Passing yards he's averaging, I'm going to say 160. 213.83 yards per game. So, okay. you, have this, you have his whole total, and you divide it by 12. You know, that's how you get the average. Math. Oh, so you are good at math now. You weren't a minute ago. Math. And he's also their leading rusher, right? Guess how many yards, average yards he's rushing? Um, 112. A game? Yeah. 68.6. Good God. I am way (laughs) off with these predictions. (laughs) Way off. I mean, that's normally me. All right, so, like, those aren't bad numbers, right? Like, Especially for me saying he's the worst quarterback in the SEC, those aren't bad numbers. All right. But I mean, if you could look at this, could be worse. All right. You ready? Stetson. What do you think Stetson's averaging per game? Throwing 260. 262.58. Okay. Okay. All right. So then who do you think our, our leading rusher? All right. Kenny. Kenny Matt. Yep. Kenny Matt. Yeah, what do you think he's averaging? 74. 54.5. Okay, I was off again. I was off nothing, again. nothing on paper says LSU should win this game. Nothing. Okay. But holy fuck, am I scared. <laughs> <laughs> we switched positions for this one. Dude, I don't I don't know what it is. The SC, dude. SC Championship game, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it was because we played, you know, like we mentioned earlier, 2019 LSU, you know, then the debacle against Bama last year, the debacle against Bama the year before, before, like, it's this game that gives me an aneurysm every year. I don't know why. Yeah. So I will say, things that concern me about this LSU team. First and foremost, Jaden Daniels as a runner scares me 
simply because Nolan Smith is not in the game. Yes. I don't like that matchup with Chaz Chambliss on the outside. Um, and Marvin Jones Jr., who is the guy that they were rotating with Chaz Chambliss, has an ankle injury. We don't know how serious it is yet. But that concerns me. Um, and then Keeley getting his head right. And yeah. Because they're going to put Keeley on either Malik Neighbors or Kayshawn Booty. And both of those guys can make plays if they yeah. have the if they have the space and if Jaden Daniels can get them the ball. Yeah. And like I've mentioned earlier, you know, I'm just about to be the third time saying it, this LSU team has nothing to lose. Their intangibles to me are more concerning than their tangibles. Yeah. And that scares the shit out of me. I don't – I think the reason that I'm really not that concerned is because if Georgia doesn't show up on Saturday, which I don't think is going to happen because there's still guys on this team that got embarrassed by LSU in 2019. Yeah. I I don't – I think Georgia's going to show up to play because of that, but also – even if they lose, they got a spot. See, I hate how people keep saying that. Like, it's a three-loss team. If you lose to a three-loss team, like, I can easily see that if they lose, Ohio State taking that four spot. I don't. I don't. I, don't. I, I think they need to win. Like, don't go I in there with the total. Oh, even if we lose rank, because you never know what that committee's going to do. I agree. I think they need to win this game, and I think they really need to win it going away. Um, but I'm not. I'm not as concerned because of LSU's inconsistency. But also, Harold Perkins. The one game that he has not been able to show up in is when you run the ball right at him. Yeah. Right? And what's one thing that George has been able to do over the last month? Run the ball. Run the damn ball. I expect – so here's two things that I completely expect to happen on Saturday. Okay. I expect – at one point, either Kenny or Kendall or Dajan to meet Harold Perkins in the hole and run him over at least once. I see Dajon doing that. Out of those three, I see Dajon. I see one of those three guys just running him over at least once. And something else that I see, and I see this being a point of emphasis by Kirby and Todd Munkin, Getting Dominic Blaylock a touchdown. Yes, please. Because the game that he got hurt in that started his two-year absence from the program yep. was the 2019 SEC Championship. Yep. This is his first chance at redemption against LSU. And if you guys don't remember, he was the entire offense in 2019. Yeah. 
So I expect him to be force-fed a touchdown, even if it's on an end around. I think they want to get him in the end zone because that will be – like that's an ESPN top ten moment if they talk about the story on the broadcast. Unless they probably won't. No, I mean, it's Gary. He'll be like, Dominic Blaylock was an elite receiver last season. <laughs> Nick Blaylock. Right. Yeah. He'll call him, like, Dominic Toretto or something. <laughs> All he cares about is his family. Family and driving cars. <laughs> you know, there was a movie about this kid. He drove a car in space. <laughs> Anyways, I... I think, and you know, y- y'all know if you listen to the show for a while, I I like to, in my head, formulate a game plan, right? I think the game plan is going to be run directly at Harold Perkins. Yeah. Have Darnell Washington's Hulk-looking ass just push him around all day and run right at him. Because if you let him chase a play down, he's athletic enough to do it. Yeah. But he's not strong enough to fight off an offensive tackle or a good tight end. No, just put somebody in his face and he's done. I expect the defense to put Smile Mondin on Jaden Daniels all day. Yeah. If Jaden Daniels is healthy and he plays the entire game, I completely expect Smile Mondin to not lead the team in tackles for the first time in a month. Damn. Because because he is going to be Jaden Daniels' shadow. Yeah. Where Jaden goes, he's going to go. So, speaking of Harold Perkins, I don't know if it was true or not, but you see that comment he made about Stetson? Oh, no. Yeah, he was talking about how how Stetson's small and how he's just going to be in the dirt all game. Well, if that – I don't – you know what? I don't even care if it is a true quote. Stetson's going to go get himself a fresh-ass fade, go get his damn arm rubbed out by the trainer. He needs a fade for this game. He's going to go get himself a fresh-ass fade. Stequavius. And uh, Stequavius is going to make a showing – and I 100% expect at some point Stetson pulls out the finger guns. <laughs> Stetson pulls out the finger guns or he does or he does the billionaire strut. He's known to do both of them. My favorite is definitely the finger guns. That gif is my favorite gif. Either that or the wink directly at the camera. The wing's a good one too. The wing's a good one. One too. of those, one of those three is going to show up, and um, he's never going to tweet at another player, but we'll do it for him. Yeah. Do you think? So he tried to do it in the tech game, which didn't work, and I still think he scored. But you know, I'm not an official. He scored twice on that one drive. Do you think he breaks the ankle, breaks someone's ankle in this game? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what it is about Stequavius, but when he decides to come out, it's like Dr. Banner and the Hulk, the way he plays. <laughs> it's like some games he's Dr. Banner and he's, like, timid and has 140 passing yards. 
And then others, we have what he did against Mississippi State or Oregon. It's when he has the fade. He didn't have a fade last game. Stetson, I know you're never going to hear this. Get your fade cleaned up. I know you I know you have over a million dollars in the bank account, but I'll cash out you twenty dollars to go down to sport clips. Right. I don't know why. Like, bro, it was Georgia Tech, it was senior day. You're gonna be seen without your helmet. You need a fade. Yeah, you should have got the fade lined up. Should've. I think he gets a fade this week. I think he comes back I think- clean. I think I think Sequavius makes a comeback. And I think, you know what, this will be my – I don't want to say cold take, but this will be my, my take. You ready? I think he yep. has a rushing touchdown of 40-plus. Oh, okay. I think, he, I think he gets loose and takes it. Okay. Give me, give me some time. Give me some time to come up with mine. We'll go, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go through the rest of our game picks. And then talk, give our picks for this game, and then I'll have my, and then I'll have mine. Ooh, before we get into the game picks, I have another deep dive that I went into. Okay. So I actually saw this one on Instagram. Every time Georgia has started twelve and zero, they've won a national championship. Nineteen eighty, and last year. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna leave right there. You knock on wood. I was about to say, you get you better have some wood to knock on. Knock on wood. I'm just saying, every time they started 12 and 0, they have won a national championship. And with that, we're gonna get into some game picks. So the first one we're talking about, just like we did with Will, um, Utah versus USC. USC is a three-point favorite. Over/under is at 67. Utah is the only team to have beaten USC this season. And Utah is definitely hot. I mean, they scored 63 points last week. I think Utah is going to come into this game with a chip on their shoulder. I don't think they win, though. With what we saw Kayla Williams do last week. I yeah. Just, I don't know if a Pac-12 defense is going to be enough to, uh, to stop what Kayla Williams was doing. I said it earlier with Will – and I do not say this lightly, if you watch that game against Notre Dame, that was the closest thing we've ever seen to 2019 Joe Burrow. I mean, did you see what he had painted on his nails? No. He had fuck ND, so he had like fuck ND XX painted on his nails. He also did the Heisman pose in the game. Yeah, I'm dude. He, I don't he see locked this. up the Heisman on Saturday. I don't see this game being close. I don't either. Like, it's, we both picked Utah um, to be in the championship, so we were right on that one. But I, yeah, I don't 100%. see the game being close. It's so hard to beat a team twice. And we, we know that we know from experience. Yep. You know, Auburn in 2017. Us and Bama last year. Like, it's so hard to beat a team twice in a single season. And especially when one team's gotten really hot down the stretch and one team has been hot and cold down the stretch. Yeah. So I like you. I like I like you USC. Yeah, I think they're gonna win and cover, and I can see this game hitting the over. What's what's the spread? 
The spread is USC minus three. The over under sixty seven. Oh yeah, I'm putting money on my on on the spread. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely taking the spread, but I may take the over too. Yeah, I don't know. definitely spread over that. That might be a, a game time decision. Yeah, game game time decision. <laughs> All right, next game, Kansas State versus TCU. TCU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is at 62. <clears throat> and personally for this, I'm going to go back on everything we just said. I don't think it's going to be that difficult for TCU to win this game twice. Um, I just think TCU oh, is significantly <laughs> more talented. I do. I think TCU is just more talented. I think they're more experienced. I think they have a better coaching staff. I think they have better game plans. I just yeah. And the way their defense has showed up here lately, I I got TCU by way over two and a half. That's another one I'm putting money on. Two and a half. Yeah, definitely two put money on TCU. The horny lizards are um. They're yeah. They will remain in the playoffs, and will be number three. At the end of the season. The Horny Lizards are going to be the first Big 12 team not named Oklahoma to make the playoff. And once again, the Big 12 will get knocked out in the first round. But still. I don't know, man. TCU, if they beat Michigan, just makes Ohio State look worse. I'm here for it. I mean, you you heard my prediction, Will. Yeah, now, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with your prediction, but I think it would be interesting. Oh, it'd be so. Speaking fun. of Michigan, we've got the Boilermakers, aka Spoiler Makers, the team that hey. just is. They are a serial killer for number two teams. The Purdue Boilermakers somehow won their division to play the Michigan Wolverines, who are a sixteen and a half point favorite. Over under at fifty one and a half, and you know I I've talked about them a few times throughout the season. I think Purdue's a good team. I just I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> I you know not trying to be disrespectful to that coaching staff, but you took a team that was talented enough to beat Tennessee in the bowl game last year, lost one or two players. And turned them into not that great of a team. But Michigan wins this game. I I think I think they probably 20 plus point win. I'm probably gonna take them to cover the spread. And I if I had to pick, I'd probably take the under. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a game I'm throwing money on the, the spread like I would the other two. But, yeah, I definitely see Michigan winning and winning convincingly. I, I don't see anything that was going to stop Michigan. But, hey, you never know. Like you said, the spoiler makers, their number two teams have been doomed against them. So we'll see. Yeah. No, I, I could definitely – I I could see this being like a 35-10 game. Yeah. Michigan on top. Cover the spread, hit the over, or hit the under. Um, I don't know. This this game confuses me on 
<laughs> what to take other than Michigan money line. Yeah. All right. UNC versus Clemson. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite. The over under is 63 and a half. I don't I want know. to. I don't know either. I was about to say, I want to take North Carolina because I think they have the offense to do exactly what South Carolina did last week. The problem is, I don't know if their defense can do a damn thing. Yeah, especially with Will Shipley, man. You had a thousand yard rusher in Clemson. Dude's ridiculous. a five five white guy. I'm just, I don't know how tall he is. He's what? He's a five eleven white guy. It just makes people look silly. And that's one thing UNC has not done well this season to stop the run. Yeah. I, I like Clemson and I, I think this seven and a half spread might actually be too low. I, I'll be honest, guys. I'm staying away from this game with my money. Oh yeah. But, but if I had to pick, which I do, <laughs> I'd probably say Clemson, but I would say Clemson and a close one. Close, huh? I think this is a less than a touchdown game. Oh. North Carolina has not been blown out all season. Even when they well, lost, it happened to blow out. I'm not saying it was a blowout win. I'm just saying seven and a half is too low. So that can be ten. I don't think Clemson – or I don't think North Carolina has lost a game by less than one possession this season. Let's see. They lost to Notre Dame 45-32. to Okay. Um, That's still closer than Clemson played Notre Dame. 21-17 to Tech, 27-30. Yeah, no. The only game is North Carolina or Notre Dame. Which they played Notre Dame closer than Clemson did. Yeah. Transitive property. Yeah, except Clemson beat the shit out of Georgia Tech. So, Transitive property. <laughs> There is no transitive property in college football this season because it has been <laughs> wild. It's been a great year. It has. So, last game we're talking about, as always, LSU versus Georgia in Atlanta, SEC championship. Georgia's lost the last two versus Clemson. And somehow, I mean, we, we all know how. But this game has moved from 15 to Georgia minus 17 and a half with the over-under at 51. I don't like it. I don't like the spread. I don't like the spread. Y'all, if you know me, you know that every time I pick Georgia to cover a big spread, they don't. Yep. So I'm going to say LSU covers a spread. Oh. Just because just because I'm never right on the Georgia game. <laughs> not once. Like I've been correct with win or loss. I just have yeah. not been correct with the spread. So like I said, I I'm gonna say LSU covers, but that is out of superstition more than confidence. 
Yeah, um, I think the running backs have a big game. Um, my anxiety for this game, like I've said, is super high, and it's only Monday. Um, would I love to see an undefeated run for the whole season? Yeah. I, I, I want that more than anything. Can you name the two teams in the playoff era that have undefeated seasons? Bama. Start to finish. Bama. All right. Discounting the 2020 COVID season. And it was Ohio There's two State teams. Then, right? Ohio State in 15 or 14. Nope. nope. No? Nope. LSU. Yep. Clemson. 2018 Clemson. Yeah. And there's not been a team that has gone back to back in the college football in the since in the playoff era. Yep. Knock on wood again. Yep. So no, 2014 Ohio State did have one loss. It was to Penn State. Virginia Tech. Oh, wait, what? 2014, Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech in week two, 35-21 in Columbus. Huh. um, They beat Penn State in double overtime and uh, then ran the table. That's right. That's right. But I like the dogs. I like the dogs big. Um, I I want you to be right. I want to be wrong. That 17 and a half is a big number, but I do like the dogs big. I think they have some unfinished business. And I don't think Kirby's going to let them forget about 2019. I want you to be right. It's just this the LSU team having nothing to lose and everything to gain. Like, Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, sorry. I will say, I will say, I am not near as anxious for this game as I was the Tennessee game. Yeah. I don't even think I'm as anxious for this game as I was the Florida game. Oh, I, I wasn't anxious for the Florida game. I knew that was going to be a win. I don't know, man. This is probably the, this is, Somehow, some way, the least anxious I've been for a game this season. I don't know, but it's it's just that that game, the SEC championship game. Four and four in Atlanta. Is it going to be a winning record or a losing record come Sunday? But like I said, it's the, if you look at the teams we faced, like. Greatest college offense in the history of college football. 2017 should have won. Or not 17, I'm sorry. 2018 should have won. 2017 should have won. We did win. Tyler Simmons was not offsides. Oh, I was just talking about the SEC championship games. Oh, I'm talking about games in the bins. Yeah, Tyler Simmons was onside. 100%. Um, No, I'm just talking about straight SEC championship games. You ran into a, a buzzsaw in Bama in 2018 with a bad defense that wasn't prepared for a quarterback change. Yeah, again. 2019, you ran into the greatest college football offense of all time. Yep. 
2020, they didn't play in it. 2021. <laughs> 2021, I think it was just a bad game plan. Dude, I don't know. I wouldn't forget that game. I, I blacked out during that game. From drinking or bad memories? Drinking. I, 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 I missed got, the couch. I went to sit on the couch and straight up just missed it. I got very drunk, but I did not get that drunk. Oh, dude, I was gone. And don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna get drunk this weekend. Don't plan on it at least. <laughs> <sighs> no, man, I like I said somehow, some way I'm not anxious about this game. Maybe maybe I've maybe I've gotten rid of my MRAS, you know, my Mark Richt anxiety syndrome. I don't yeah, know. You gave it to me. Hell, Mark Rick had a winning record against LSU. Did he? Beat him in the no, SEC championship twice. Beat him in 2013. He only beat him once in the SEC championship game. 2005. Beat in 02. Arkansas. Oh, I thought it was LSU for some reason. No, they beat the fuck out of Arkansas, and then they beat the fuck out of Florida State. Anyways. He had a losing record against them. <laughs> If anything, it was even because they don't play LSU so, that often. 2005. You know, this game right here. Yep. Yep. The game right there that is on your screen. Yep. Whichever. Down. Yeah. It's my, down my, for me. My camera's all like, there. there. And I got like yep. the opposite that game. So that's 2 0. 2012. No, not 2012. Um, 11. 11 to 2 and two one. 1. That's it. This is where you say you're right. Does Smart Rick have a better record against LSU than Kirby Smart? Oh, Lord. Here we go. We got to look it up. Great radio. Is Kirby, Smart, Kirby Smart is what? 0 and 2? Um, 2018, 2019. Yeah, Kirby Smart's one, too. Yeah, Riggs, two and one. Let's see. Um, the current streak or the record is Georgia has 13 wins, there's one tie, LSU has 18 wins. And like I said, I just remember LSU always beating the shit out of Georgia growing up. Well, I don't remember that, but as you guys know, I have some brain injuries. So, all right. According to the University of Georgia, 2008, Georgia won in Baton Rouge. 2009, Georgia lost in Athens. 2011, Georgia lost in. Atlanta in 2013, they won in Athens. Yeah. 2005, they won. 2004, they won. 2003, they lost. 2003, they lost. Yeah, we played them that many times? Yeah, so it's... Mark Richt is 
four and four against LSU. He played and LSU. Kirby is zero and two. Mark Rick played LSU eight times. It's the most. It's the second most common SEC championship game. Holy fuck! Like I said, all I remember, I remember growing up was LSU just beating the shit out of Georgia. Apparently, I was right. <laughs> Damn. You got anything else? You ready to close it out? Let's close it out. All right, guys. I would apologize for the tangents, but if you're still here, you know that's what we do. As always, follow our pod or follow our Instagram, nothing.finer.pod. The Twitter is at finerpod. The Facebook group, just search nothing finer podcast on Facebook. The YouTube channel, keep we need like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. It's nothing finer podcast on YouTube. Make sure it's got our logo. Um by the time this comes out, you will know that. The we're running our ASW giveaway through Monday. And all you have to do, this is all you have to do, post a picture on social media with the hashtag nothing finer game day. Tag us, tag ASW Distillery. Make sure you're liking both of our pages. That's it. That's it. You get a bunch of free shit. Like the it's like a thirty something dollar bottle of whiskey, a twenty something dollar t shirt, a twenty something dollar hat, our t shirt, our koozie, our sticker. You're getting damn near a hundred dollars worth of shit for free just for posting on social media. People love to do that. It's called influencers. Just like we're trying to give away free shit. Just we're trying. Just help us out. We, we love y'all. We want to give y'all free shit. I, Help us give you free shit. <laughs> we want to. We need the help. But I think it's going to do it for us on this SEC championship preview show. Yeah, buddy. Once again, I'm going to say it. To hell with LSU. And always remember, there is nothing finer in the land. Than a junk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.